don't want it to get too heavy. I feel really overloaded. Yeah. Okay, we're recording. It's me and David. Dylan uh, had a date, and I told him, Dylan, you don't want to stand this guy up. My brother, oh, oh, Brian's typing. My brother was supposed to join us for this episode. Um, I got some stuff to talk about, Brian. Okay, he's typing. Anyway, next week is also fine. So he won't be here? Well, let's see. I'm going to message him. This is real. This is real podcasting. Yeah, how you get the keyboards to light? Is that a stock thing now? Is the light up keyboard or do you have to? No, this is a uh, gaming laptop. So uh, gaming that's why they have laptop. the backlight. It's pretty nice. I don't know if I could work without it at this point. Remember that uh, that anime convention commercial? And gaming. Oh, for Tayokan? Yeah. It's just like a mini Japan. Hi, hi. No, wait, sorry. That's a different one. I like that. Uh, I don't know. Someone did the parody where it's like the, because they're at, they're at like a sushi restaurant. Yeah. And then like the Japanese cook behind is like, get the fuck out of my store, <laughs> you otaku trash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's your coffee? It's good. It's not as good as the mug. I thought you'd like that one. What does it say? A uh, bad day of golf is better than a good day at work. And it's got like a little cartoon golfing dude. Yeah, uh, and he's breaking his neck. That's <laughs> why, you know, he's saying a bad day at uh, golf is still better than a good day at work. Mm-hmm. Bad day where you break your neck is still... I'd probably b- rather break my neck than go into work most days, actually. Yeah, because then you don't have to go to work. Mm-hmm. I was, like, dreading about that, like, today. is like, well, what if I did break my knee and I can't work? And then I, I don't know how I'd make money. Yeah, what did you do to your knee, David? Uh, I was delivering to this house that had two dogs fighting in the front yard, uh, biting at each other. So I took my time looking for the package in the back, and... uh they uh, uh, they had gone back inside by the time I like got to the cab of the truck and you know assessed the situ- you know ascertained that they were gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started to make a kinetic situation happen where I took the package to the porch, and then a canine style individual charged at me out of the open door of the house, and I turned to 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 make a getaway, and I he lunged at me, uh, got on me. And I tripped, and both of my knees smashed into a uh, set of rocks. And I scraped my shin, my left shin. My right knee is swollen. I knocked into some sort of decorative situation. My AirPod was knocked out. My uh, my vape was knocked out of my pocket. Jeez. I was really taken aback by the whole situation. Did the dog come out of the house? Yeah. Did he, like, start humping you or something? No. That would have been the ultimate, like, I don't, embarrassing. That would be bad. 
But uh, the owner came out very quickly. Oh, okay. And they tackled the dog. The dog's name was Nash. Mm. Very strange name for a dog. <laughs> Wasn't that's there a wrestler named Kevin Nash? Kevin Nash, yes, there was. But still, Nash is a strange name for no a pet. You know? Sure. Oh, I think Brian's out. Damn it, McMurphy. See, I could see that my brother was active. Yeah. So he contemplated coming on, and now it says last seen three minutes ago. So he uh, just thought about it and decided. Well, what did he, did. he say? We didn't say anything. No, he said he just said something. No, I. Uh, exactly five minutes ago, he said sorry, didn't see that. Anyway, next week is also fine. Okay. I said we just started recording, actually, so it's up to you if you want to hop on. And he's gone. Okay. Well, I had things I wanted to talk about with Brian, but I'm still going to talk about them because half my notes are... Oh, yeah. Things I Tethered on. Brian, but... Um, gotcha. I almost, you know, Brian? what I was, was going to do real quick... What? Um, Call him and just... Last time I was over here, I mowed the lawn, but I didn't want to get my the clothes I was wearing sweaty so I put on some of Brian's old clothes <laughs> uh, and I was I brought those home to wash and um, why don't we record in his old room I guess we could there's not really anywhere good to, he has like his um, janky old computer chair from Ikea and then his enormous bed His room's really got some swag, but I don't understand why. Like, he's got some cool stuff in there. But I, those work boots, I've never... I can't really think of... Like, when did Brian wear those? Those Caterpillars? Oh, they're probably my dad's. Okay. They're just being stored in my brother's room, maybe? I was going to say, because I can't think of an instance in which Brian would need those. Um... Stomping in the heads of some nerds, maybe. Maybe. He bought them for that, but then ran out of time before he had to move. <laughs> Smashing stuff. He had a new way of getting potatoes smashed. <laughs> oh, I forgot we used to do that. Um, I mean, I say we. I only did it a couple times, but. So, Brian, here's the thing. Um, You're doing like a. Sorry, a Clint Eastwood at the Republican <laughs> National Convention type of thing. Yeah, yeah I'm Brian to an empty chair. That's <laughs> my brother. If Brian were here, I'd say, what did he even? What did Clint Eastwood even say in that? I don't know. He said, "Is this is this seat taken?" Yeah, uh, he said, "Obama, did you sit in this chair? I'm going to sniff it." Yeah, it was really weird. Dijon, I know this was Obama sitting here. That would be funny. He's like, Obama sat in this very chair. And he just rubs his face all over it. <laughs> um, he starts, like, slapping his dick on the seat. Uh, anyway. Right. I don't know. I remember... This is, like, a really weird... One of those things that sticks in your brain. Um, Brian was talking about, like, rap music. Like, in particular 90s rap music. That there was, like, a sound in like a lot of 90s rap music that he wishes um they still did like used in rap music mm-hmm. and he like did a like a you know like a verbalized like 
It was something like a doo And like to hmm. this day, I'm still trying to figure out what that <laughs> sound was. <laughs> so if Brian were here, you'd probably be able to cite an example. But right. I guess until next week, I'll never know. You know what a sound I hope never goes away is like the where it's like a sounds like a group of dudes just going like hey hey yeah i know what you mean it's kind of like in uh I feel like it's featured a lot in like trap music hmm like to like that kind of beat yeah yeah it is cool i like that as well um so i was saying it's like who came up with this and why I was thinking of another thing, kind of. You remember Arthur Chu? Yeah. Remember, America. I guess this is only tangentially connected. Cause I remember Brian like really rooting against Arthur Chu. Arthur Chu was sort of the Golden State Warriors of Jeopardy. Right. Yeah. Well, or the new or the New England Patriots, <laughs> if you're more of a football guy. We kind of liked him at first, but he was very controversial um, in the Jeopardy watching community. For, I mean, are you familiar with his playing style? No. He would, instead, like most episodes of Jeopardy, people start with the two hundred dollar questions and work their way up. Yeah. But he would just immediately like go for the the thousand dollar questions, and try to seek out the daily double and bet as much as possible. So he kind of like big big gambler, high roller. He almost, I think, just unsettled the people he was playing with because of how aggressive he was. Huh. So, he kind of like broke the game a little bit and a lot of people were mad about that so sort of he sort of what he did is sort of like what the three-point shooting is yeah. on the basketball he's kind Steph of curry of uh of the jeopardy world yeah it's just yeah but it's pretty close to that okay so yeah, to be honest it was kind of exciting for a while but um he just wouldn't lose and yeah, I kind of like I started following him on Twitter because I'm like, what's this guy about? And then very quickly I saw what he was about. Really. Having ants. Having ants. I don't know about what are you talking yeah, about. I don't know. I heard someone say that he himself, as a person, had an ant problem. Like, not like his house, but like his personal, like his being. Oh. Attracted ants. Gross. And there's that funny picture of him in the Game of Thrones chair with like his. <laughs> His no, yeah, where his shoes <laughs> fucked up, yeah. <laughs> that is a good photo. Uh, anyway, I was thinking, like, what if there was, like, uh, what if he had a rival on the show that was, like, the antithesis of Arthur Chu? Like, he was, like, like a big, like, into, like, uh, fighting Gamergate, or not fighting Gamergate, but he was, like, a Gamergate guy, right? I don't remember. Proponent of Gamergate, where he was like against misogyny, uh, misogyny, you know, misogyny in the gamer community. Hmm. <clears throat> but himself, kind of like an asshole to his wife. Right. Uh, these are just things I hear. Um. So I was yeah, to th- put, th- those are the hits of his online persona. I came up with like a perfect antithesis to him. His name is Clark Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh. So he's actually like is a misogynistic gamer. Okay. And he's also only a cool one hundred and twenty pounds. Hmm. Um So he's fragile and angry. Yeah. Well not angry. He's like a also very hygienic, I assume. Uh kind of uncharacteristic for a, a misogynistic gamer. 
Very yeah, well, he like t- well, Clark takes care of himself. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I said Clark. Con- Clark Han is the name I was. Oh, okay. Originally came up with. Um, yeah, he wears like cologne, and he's got like a slick back. You know, he's got like the slick back hair, into like a cool uh, hashtag swag uh, snapback, and he like you know, he just says all the gamer stuff. Like when if like Arthur, uh, gets the answer and Clark dies, he's like, dude, Arthur, you raped me. Calls him like the N word, you know, <laughs> stuff that gamers do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's like GG, GG when he wins. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he threatens if uh, Arthur takes the big, the big daily double, he's gonna have sex with his mom or something like that. You know, things gamers do. He only says GG if he wins. If he loses, he uh, calls him the N word. He disconnects before the game is over. And I guess he rips it, the buzzer out of the thing and throws <laughs> it at Arthur. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh shoot, we can't continue the game until this is fixed. Yeah. This is a uh, this game is nullified. That'd be a good rivalry. It'd be like, um, you know, he's the Detroit Bad Boys of Jeopardy, and Arthur is the uh, Larry Bird era Celtics. Hmm. Now. He's the Washington Generals. It's kind of funny how someone like Arthur Chu or Ken Jennings, like, they're famous because they were on a game show for a really long time, and yet their personality is still, they're still out there, like, they're just in the public eye now because they were on Jeopardy for, you know, a Were they both? Was Ken Jennings on Jeopardy? Yeah, Ken Jennings is still, I believe, the the longest uh, running contestant. Wait, what? That's how it works? Do these contestants come back week after week? Yeah. They win? Uh, have you never watched? Uh, no, I didn't really watch Jeopardy. Yeah, well, it's uh, whoever wins, yeah, gets to play the next day against two new people. And it just keeps going until you lose. And then that person replaces you as, like, the champion. So Ken Jennings and Arthur Chu just kept winning, and so they just kept being on the show for, you know, like forever. Were they on the show at the same time? No. It was like years apart. I remember watching Ken Jennings lose though because it was like a Seinfeld category and he did not know Seinfeld at all. So he got owned. Do you think uh, Trebek ever like got tired of certain people so he like I, I don't know if he like what he if he like you know contributed to the questions but he like got to know Arthur or Ken and like you know got to know like what they know what they don't know and started like loading the docket with like questions they had flopped and then bringing in ringers people who watch every everything on tv or know everything about astrology just to like sabotage them he um, could do it i i don't know he how well could have how invo- i know you're really like trying to do a bit but i actually know quite a bit about jeopardy no i don't know if he was involved with the clue crew but the clue crew were the people who wrote all the questions yeah or answers and uh I know the producers did talk to Arthur G once or twice about being like unlikable. And so they were like, Hey, could you like be silly or something? And one time on Twitter, he was live tweeting an episode of his and he just like, he acted like, like one of the weirdest people on a game show ever. Like, uh, between rounds, Alex Trebek will talk to each person and be like, so, uh, this tells me that you were in a parade one time. Like they write down interesting facts about themselves and he asks about them. 
But once a person's been on for like 50 weeks, it's like there's nothing to talk about. They just, I don't know, kind of shoot the shit. And Arthur, I don't remember what he did exactly, but it was weird. I'm like, what was that all about? And then on Twitter, he was like, in case any of you were wondering why I acted like that, it's because the producers told me I was not, uh, they, they asked me to be more like, um, or less off-putting basically to come off as more jovial. I wanna, let's take a look at what Arthur Chu is. Let's get some Arthur Chu updates. I don't know what he's been up to lately. Yeah, well, to we can fair. find out on Twitter. I mean. Oh, my. Oh, God. Is this thing recline? Yeah. My it's on the, on, on the left, you got the thing. Dude, David's knee is the size of a watermelon. It doesn't look good. Jesus. Uh, dude, we both saw a movie this week. Yeah, we did. We both saw Crimes of the Future separately. No relation. Oh, man, his uh cover photo appears to be him with Alex Trebek. Right. Get a look at this. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, that wasn't a very good segue. Let me think. Of how can I connect Arthur Chu to Crimes of the Future? Mad Genius. That's uh, in his bio. Oh, really? He refers himself as a mad genius. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Comedian, actor. C- comedian and actor. Is it like comedian slash actor? No, it's like comma comedian comma actor comma and freelance voiceover artist broadcasting from the distant shores of Lake Erie. So he's an upstate New York guy? No, Ohio. Mm-hmm. John oh man. So what are like his last couple tweets about? Well, I would tell you, but uh, these tweets are protected. But you're blocked. Oh, okay. Yeah, he has a locked account because he is a coward, unlike Clark Hahn, whose Twitter is wide open. Mm-hmm. And he often retweets stuff that he tw- he tweeted in a perk-induced uh, haze from tw- 2013. He also That's another thing about Clark Hahn. He's all about that Molly Percocet. Okay. He also has roughly the same number of followers and uh now he has twice he's followers. following. And he also uh retweets twenty times a day, uh like uh Brazilian like basically nude Brazilian models. It's like a big thing of his. Hmm. One of those dudes who shares pornography on Twitter. Mm. Nice. You know, aka a cool liberated guy. Or like makes commentary on them. <laughs> yeah. Just damn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All over case. Oh man, I'm gonna develop Clark Clark Khan into like a more fleshed out character. Clark Khan. Yeah. Um He's gone to BlizzCon every year for the past uh decade. Yeah. His favorite artists are uh David Guetta. <laughs> um, who is that guy? Uh, uh, Deadmau. Mm-hmm. Deadmau5, rather. <laughs> uh, Skrillex. Yeah. Diplo. 
Um, he loves uh, who's mm. that guy? Uh, Avicii. He loves him, of course. He uh, he likes uh, inf- he uh, almost drank himself to death when Avicii died. <laughs> 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 he couldn't believe it. Yeah. All right, we can use that to segue into rock news. No, we're gonna talk about crimes of the future. No, I can't think of a segue for that yet. Okay. We'll save that. We'll table that discussion. So, rock news. What do we got this week? Pixies have announced their new album. I wonder if that'll suck. You won't have to wonder. The tea leaves have been right on that one, I'm pretty sure. What do you mean? I don't know. They haven't released a good album since... Yeah, since 2013. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Since 1980... They haven't released a good album since 1967. It's really uh, bad. Nah, just Oh, you know, that reminds me. One time I was watching Jeopardy and Pixies were the answer to a question. Yeah. And someone said, the Pixies. Yeah. And I remember texting you immediately being like, on Jeopardy, someone said, the Pixies. And they accepted the answer is correct. Yeah, I remember I was very, uh, I do remember you saying that, though. When was that, 2013? Could have been. It was a while ago. Yeah, a, little, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Just to hop and a skip around uh, memory lane. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, this was a weird one. Big Thief. You know that band? No. Uh, they're a popular like indie folk band. But they're uh, playing in Israel. And instead of just playing in Israel and not saying anything about it, they doubled down and were explained why they're playing in Israel. And it had to do with, like, the the singer is Jewish. He's also the sniper. The sniper? Yeah, he shot that journalist. Oh, right. Uh, he wants to go play there and brag about it on stage. Yeah, in the wake of... Big Thief uh, announcing their show in Israel that happens. And now the singer for Big Thief is Adrian Lenker. This is a woman, I'm pretty sure. Maybe a they, oh, okay. a she, they situation. I don't know. But uh, not positive about their pronouns is all I'm saying. Anyway. Yeah, they doubled down and they were like, listen... The other three members of this band live in the U.S. and we're constantly touring their home country. This is a chance for me to play in my home country. Are they really from Israel? And the proceeds are going to some sort of pro-Palestine. To the IDF. Some <laughs> no, like the opposite, like some sort of pro-Palestine charity. Oh, that's cool. I guess, so, but like, why even play? Why like play in Palestine? Maybe I don't. Yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. I, don't really I mean, other than like, I could see like, like, <laughs> if there being trouble getting in to like Gaza or the West Bank, you know. Yeah, I have no clue. I don't know. Based on what I've heard, it seems like Israel wouldn't allow something like that. Um, God, there's something else in rock news. Oh, I've been watching that Sex Pistol show. Yeah, how is it? Uh, it's not very good. 
I I'm like a real I'm actually not even a Sex Pistols fan. I really don't like them. No. But my girlfriend wanted to watch, and I was like, okay. I, I'm, like, trying to fill the void. Dan, I know who your girlfriend is. You don't have to say that to me. What? What did I say? You did the classic, my girlfriend. I know your girlfriend's name. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, maybe the audience doesn't. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe you've mentioned her before. In which case, I should probably be afraid. No. Yeah, I have mentioned her before. It doesn't... It doesn't matter why I'm watching Pistol. All I want to say is that it's uh, not very good. I'm but still I, hung up I'm on still Big watching. Thief. Okay. Is the singer from Israel? Talk more about that. Uh, let What's... me look it up. Let me consult my uh, rock encyclopedia. I remember they played in Royal Oak recently and Adrian Lanker had like a back injury and so they played sitting down. Uh what was that band that did that? Fleet Foxes. Didn't they, they all play sitting down? Did they? Yeah. I think so. Like why? Was it like a big deal? Well they were like a folk band, so I guess it really didn't matter if they were standing or not. Sure. Okay, now Adrian Lanker's from Minnesota. Her parents were part of a Christian cult. But it doesn't make any sense. What is it? What? But you said Adrian Lanker is Jewish. I thought based on this like screed they wrote hold on I should just pull up the statement to begin with we're excited to announce two shows in Mac oh never mind different member of the band is Jewish is from Tel Aviv okay uh okay but if they're serious what you said okay very alarmingly Oh, no, just uh, reaffirming that I was wrong. Well, if they're serious about the donations going to Palestine, that's cool. See, we're well aware of the cultural (laughs) aspect of the BDS movement and the desperate reality of the Palestinian people. In terms of where we fit into the boycott, we don't claim to know where the moral high ground lies, and we want to remain open to other people's perspectives and to love beyond disagreement. We understand the inherently political nature of playing there as well as the implications. Our intention is not to diminish the values of those who support the boycott or to turn a blind eye to those suffering. We are striving to be in the spirit of learning. With this in heart, the show's profits will be donated to NGOs that provide medical and humanitarian aid to Palestinian children, including joint efforts between Palestinians and Israelis working together for a better future. With love, Big Thief. Okay, I guess... So, I don't know. It seems like they're kind of feigning ignorance about how fucked up the... The situation is. Yeah. Or... I don't know. That's interesting. Rock news. Rock, rock news. I, I wish I had, like, a little music musical sting for rock news. 
It's just going to be the entirety of Painted Black by the Rolling Stones, and uh, we copyright claimed every episode. You know, I've been thinking about, speaking of rock news, uh, what percentage of classic rock would you say actually sucks? Probably like the same percentage as any genre. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> Of I any s- decade of music. Like, I would love to like go through like like an essential classic rock collection and like weed out what's actually good, what's actually bad, you know? I mean, it's wild. Like, there's tons of bands who I'm sure like released music and just it's never been. It's went out of print years and years ago. They're just so mediocre that it didn't really matter. That their stuff remained available, you know? And then all the bands whose material has remained in print or like their material lines the used record shelves of every thrift store and uh, record store. Um, you know, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Sorry, ESPN update. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't D- know. David just was staring up into space and then looked at his phone. Well, let me read it. And like zoomed into his sports, phone. Sports, sports, sports news. No, ESPN. This is still rock news. We can't Perk goes news. on a rant about Draymond Green's comments about toughness in the NBA. Well, yep. I'll look into that later. Orenthal, James Simpson, and Wayne Gretzky. Tiger Woods, Mike Tyson. That's a real dichotomy of personalities right there. <laughs> 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 Wayne Gretzky play for the Red Wings? No, he played for the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, okay. Whose logo I used to be fascinated with in middle school. Why? Is it like oily? What is it? Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It <laughs> it, it, it just kind of looked cool. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. And there was a, uh, a Wayne Gretzky uh, tribute video I used to watch a lot that was set to Can You Take Me Higher by Creed, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you watch it? I thought great. I thought Wayne Gretzky was cool. <laughs> oh, okay. What, what's your What's your take on the Sex Pistols, David? Okay, I'm gonna couch another thing, another tribute video that I used to watch. I'm gonna do a review of that in a bit. What are, my take on the Sex Pistols? They're kind of like I guess they're in like what I was saying about classic rock. Uh, you know that sucks. I mean, I didn't really give any examples. I guess it's all my personal preference, but I think the Sex Pistols objectively are a they they just feel very plastic as a band, you know, that because they are just kind of I mean everyone knows like what's the guy's name? Malcolm McMalcolm. Uh he just kind of <laughs> yeah. like they're just like a boy band, you know. They're just like a very like surface level um on the nose idea of what like punk rock was at the time. Mhm. There are, like, tons of better punk rock bands from before them, during them, after them. Um, their songs are fine, if we actually get to the the songs themselves. Like, they're fine, but I, you know, I haven't really thought about listening to them since I was a teenager. Uh, none of them are that interesting of musicians. John Lydon 
blows. You know, that's <laughs> that's a dead horse. I don't need to beat that anymore. Um, you know, uh, I do want to talk about him for a second, though. Unless you were going to run down done. the list. I wasn't done. I'll let you go. In terms of, like, I mean, also the Sex Pistols are always, like, uh, if you notice, like, the British really believe that they invented punk rock, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Sex Pistols are, like, the biggest part of that, you know? Yeah. Like, I remember watching an interview. It was, like, Robert Plant talking about Nirvana. And he was like, yeah, you say when Nirvana came out, you say, in Britain, we already had punk rock, you know, in 1976 with Sex And it's like, in the early 90s, America got its own punk. And it's like, Robert Plant, you don't know a goddamn thing about American music. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> The only thing he knows is how to steal it. Yeah, he steals me. Just like England stole punk rock from uh, America. Started here first. That's undeniable. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. There's like, like, the damned rock. Don't get me wrong. And like the Clash are cool. Yeah. I'm more of a damned fan. I like the Buzzcocks also. Yeah, but when all those bands started in like '76, right? Roughly, yeah. There was, like. You know, I don't know. This is like a very, like, this is like something my dad. I guess I got that from, that's like weirdly something I got from my dad because my dad hated the sex, also hated the Sex Pistols. <laughs> yeah. And his whole thing was like, what exactly what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, people think that the Sex Pistols invented punk rock, but Iggy Pop, uh, like, you know, the Stooges were a bit around in the, like, the late 60s. Yeah. Um,. It's funny that every what? British punk band just kind of sounds, just kind of sounds like the Stooges, yeah, a little bit. Not as good, no. Well, except the Damned. The Damned are very good, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess that that is how I feel about the Sex Pistols. I guess that's fair. Um, yeah. So John Lydon, kind of uh, Johnny Rotten. Is, is definitely not in the good graces of pretty much anyone these yeah. days. He's a... Uh, a dumbass. He's a moron. <clears throat> he's a bit of a dumbass, but... Something interesting I was uh, made hip to. Um, I guess he's like... He's like a big iPad guy. Oh, really? Like, he loves using his iPad. He, like... He's constantly, like, playing games on... I think it might be a situation where, like... Where he's he's been sucked dry by freemium games. I don't know this for a fact, but I could imagine him playing like Simpsons Tapped Out until uh, he drains his bank account or whatever. But this was just a theory from someone I I I know saying John Lydon perhaps spends a little too much time on his iPad. Who knows what news sources he's like patrolling? He's probably just uh. He's probably, I mean, he's probably not a dealy male guy, but... He's a storm, Stormfront guy. Could, hmm? Probably not, actually. No, I don't know, like, kidding. historically he seems like kind of a sweet guy, so it's a little, little surprising that he would just kind of flip like this. Sort of like the way I look at Morrissey, where it's like, I don't know, I don't, I think he's kind of misunderstood. <laughs> but, you know, this is just speculation. Uh, are you talking about, like, his, like, support of Trump? Sure, yeah, just anything like that. Um, 
I don't know. I haven't done my own due diligence in this regard. I'm just, uh, this is just what I've heard. I watched an interview where he talks about, like, why he supports Trump. And it's one of those things where he's, like, talking about, like, why he doesn't like Hillary Clinton. And it's, like, it's valid reasons. It's, like, she represents, like, you know, snobby, like, upper middle class and rich, uh, you know, white people who uh, look down on, like, poor people. And he's, like, well, I'm working class. And Donald Trump... He represents the working class, you know? And it's like, that's really stupid on its face. Like, that's not true at all. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I mean, I guess, is where, like, you just get your your thoughts and opinions all twisted, and it's like, that's... Yeah, but really think about what you're saying for a second. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a bummer when people get duped like that more than anything. It's not like, oh, fuck this guy. He's stupid. He sucks. It's, yeah. To me, it's more like, it's really a shame that, like, you got... He's not as smart as a generation of people thought he was. You got led down this path, you know? Yeah, attitude doesn't really make intelligence. Mm-mm. Uh, I think is the lesson of the Sex Pistols. They got a lot of attitude. Not a lot of intellect. Except Glenn Matlock, maybe. The original bassist. Maybe yeah, probably. Uh, the very little I've heard of him, it sounds like he probably had the most brains out of any of them. That's the episode I just finished is the one where he gets fired from the band because Malcolm McLaren is like, he doesn't really fit the image. And Steve Jones is like, well, all right then, I guess I'll fire him. And then uh, well, well, I guess I'll John, suck his dick. Johnny <laughs> Johnny Rotten's like. What were you doing? He was our best songwriter. He was the best musician. And then uh, Sid Vicious Bursted or is like, guys, I'm in the band now. And then uh, credits. End of that episode. But it appears the last two episodes, this is only six episodes. Simon Ferocious. It's kind of like if Ryan Murphy did the Sex Pistols story a little bit. Okay. Danny Boyle is the one who put this together. Wait, does Ryan Murphy do, like, uh, American Horror Story? Mm-hmm. And American Crime Story? Yeah. Okay. I like American Crime Story. I hate American Horror Story. Yeah, it's So I don't like, know if I think Ryan Murphy is bad or not. I mean, I'm not American Crime Story is kind of bad, yeah. but it's entertaining bad. Yeah, I'm not saying he's, like, uh, bad, like, entirely bad. Like, I, I've watched a couple of his shows, and they're fine, but... Is he a bad good guy or a good <laughs> bad guy? <laughs> um, Sorry. You know, sometimes uh, in the in the famous words of uh, Bloodhounds Incorporated, uh, the 90s, early 2000s children's Christian TV show, you know, greed can make a bad person good and a good person bad. Hmm. I don't... No uh, way. Anyway, what were we saying about pistol? <laughs> um, it's just a really silly show. I don't know. Like the, I mean, for one, it's about a band I don't really like, and uh, it's very much like the Steve Jones story because it's based on his book. Yeah. And so the the, it portrays him as like the Sex Pistols guy. He's like the guy who started it all. And I guess he kind of is, at least if the order of events in the show is at all correct. Mm. But it also implies he had like a serious affair with Chrissy Hind. 
from the pretenders yeah before she was like a famous musician like she worked at the vivian westwood uh shop and uh they started hanging out and then there's like there's extensive scenes of them banging which apparently never happened but it's like awesome yeah (laughs) there are probably like seven or eight sex scenes just within the same episode i'm like is this necessary and the girl who plays uh chrissy hind is uh you know kyle chandler uh he was in like that one godzilla movie um he's kind of like the puffy guy with the squinty eyes no he was in game night he he was like the main professor and i think it's the Godz- is it jesse plemons no 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 kyle chandler oh that is a puffy guy with squinty eyes though um <laughs> he's in godzilla king of monsters i think king of all monsters yeah <laughs> that's the one uh whatever uh point is nepotism baby and then um it's not jude law's no it is jude law's daughter is also in the show i have a hot take for you dan yeah what's up in rock news uh fotos iriqueros by selena is better than back on the chain gang by the pretenders hmm it's a cover of the song oh really yeah interesting way better than the original version Man, I love Back on the Chain Gang. Well, you're going to love Photos of Cueros. I'll have to check that out. That sounds good. Yeah. What about Morrissey's cover, though? I am absolutely 100% positive Selena's <laughs> is better. <laughs> hmm. I think I'm going to get into Selena. Yeah, who do, who does Mexico like better, Morrissey or Selena? I, uh, I'm i going to say Selena. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, Nothing, ag- I don't think, you know... For one, I've never, I almost don't even believe the whole Morrissey thing. <laughs> you know, it just seems so weird. It's true, though. I don't know, man. It just doesn't seem right. Or, like, I don't know. Just that it's like that, like, like people in Mexico in droves go to the Morrissey show. Is that the deal? Uh,. Like I don't know. I've I've seen he like re- he really like fired up the youth. And I think he's just kind of a, a still a cultural staple in Mexico. That's crazy. I I've seen videos like uh you know, of bands like you know, adding like a Latin flair to like Smith songs and stuff like that and like you know, crowds of people singing. I've seen vo- I've seen footage of this. Mm-hmm. I just still can't <laughs> Like, my my under the explanation. Like I don't understand like how the, like how this began, you know. The explanation I've seen is, well, I guess the the analog is he's kind of like their Elvis, is what I've seen. Like Elvis is to America as Morrissey is to Mexico, and something about like the repressed emotions of like the male youth, like that they all the the status quo being they all had to be macho, like Morrissey like spoke to them. In some way. Huh. That's the... I don't remember whose words those are, but that's what I've seen as an explanation. So, I don't know. You know... In my head, it was just like, they just all collect... Uh, 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 you know, the country collect... The, the youth of Mexico collective was like, yeah, this guy kind of rocks. Or <laughs> something. <laughs> it's just like something like that. I mean, as a Morrissey fan, I get it, but... I don't... Uh, 
It's hard to explain to non-Morrissey fans, I guess. I am a non-Morrissey fan. I don't understand his solo music. That's fine. Um, it's awesome. What was there to understand? <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I think it's better than the Smiths music sometimes. See, I don't think that's true at and all. And I'm like, because yeah, you know, you I had know. Uh, with the Smiths, you had Johnny Marr saying really dumbass shit, <laughs> uh, pretending he's clapping back at Morrissey. <laughs> Uh yeah, but that's that wasn't while the Smiths were around. That that's now. Yeah, whatever, mate. <laughs> Something stupid like that. <laughs> what? <Well>, I, did, <laughs> uh, I didn't hear what you said, but I'm sure it was something stupid. Yeah, yeah. La la la! I can't <laughs> hear you, mate. <laughs> uh, I know you all, but what am I, mate? I don't think anything else in rock news. Pistol wouldn't recommend, but it's kind of like. Fun, bad, fun in a bad way, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, you think Morrissey's four twenty friendly? Hmm. I e four twenty sexual. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's like a big four twenty guy, but I'm sure he has partaken in four twenty. You think he's a uh uh a prank gone sexual kind of guy? Do you think he busts it down sexual style? I don't think he does anything sexual style. No. Do you think he's goaded with the sauce? Do you think Morrissey's a quirked up white boy goaded with the sauce? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he actually came up with that phrase. Okay. Did I show you that video? There? I'm familiar with the phrase. Yeah. Okay. That no, but that video. It's like. Uh, I'll just show you later. Yeah. Ah, I'll just explain it here on the show. It's like someone took clips of Tucker Carlson, and then did a voiceover. It's like. They're saying a quirked up white boy go to with the sauce is not necessarily busting it down sexual style. Okay. And then it cuts to Trump and he's like, it's absolutely disgraceful. You know, how can you say he's not good with the sauce? You can clearly see him on the front lawn. He's busting it down sexual style. You know, yeah, I have seen this video. I love that, that you video. I've watched that video like 20 times this week. <laughs> <laughs> A little late to the game on that one, I think. No, I can't stop saying busted down sexual style. Yeah, but that was more of a more of a three months ago thing. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm gonna start saying things are uh Opa Gungam style. <laughs> Busting it down Opa Gungam style. No 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 no. Numa Numa. I'm gonna start <laughs> doing the Numa Numa dance. Yeah, man. A Numa Numa yay. The shizzle, that's awesome. <laughs> Numa yay. Man, I want to. I I bought that song on iTunes back in the day. And you were like, "Bow chicka wow wow." <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um. Oh shoot, we have like we still have like ten minutes left. Oh, I thought you were gonna say, "Oh shoot, this isn't recording." <laughs> that would have been better. Uh, Dude, what's uh, what's some funny shit to talk about? Well, we could talk about. Have you seen the trailer for that movie, The Menu? Mm. The scary restaurant movie. No, okay, I've heard of this. It looks dumb as fuck. What's the idea? It's like this couple goes on a date, 
this like fancy dinner date, but the restaurant is evil or something. It's like a cult restaurant. Okay. It looks fucking dumb. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, it's like the cooks are all chanting like the plate must be perfect. The plate must be perfect. I don't know. Maybe it's funny, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if it plays it completely serious, I. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. <sighs> oh, speaking of movies, we both saw Crimes of the Future. And I liked it, and Dan didn't understand it because he's stupid. <laughs> you didn't like it, though? Not really, no. No? Uh, yeah, I just don't think you understood what everything Cronenberg was trying to do. Uh, to me, it's like... Are the you f- being serious right now? What do you mean? You're saying I I didn't like it because I didn't understand it? No, I'm not saying that. I I want Here's the thing. I 100% understood it. Yeah. I just didn't really think it was executed well. Uh like story-wise? Yeah, in acting-wise and like Well, I don't really see any difference in the the way they were acting in this movie <laughs> compared to the way actors act in every Cronenberg movie. This is true. Like I was thinking about that and I'm like, why did it work? Why did the Pallid, emotionless performances of all of his other actors work, but these ones didn't. And it's like maybe he was trying too hard to do himself. I, I don't know. Um, I don't think that. Maybe, I think he was just doing himself big time. You know, he was feeling himself. He was a you know, Cronenberg. Don't don't get it twisted. He's a quirked up white boy goaded with the sauce. This and he was busting it down sexual style with this movie. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> there was definitely some busting it down sexual style in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Well, here's what you I was. You think the ear guy was cool? No, they don't even think he's cool in the movie. No, they don't think he's cool. They're but like... I was very into <laughs> what was going on. I like that he was doing that, and then, then the, the Vigo is just in the corner, uh, looking goth, mm-hmm. and he's just like he's not a very good artist. Yeah, <laughs> those ears don't even work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the. Uh... The thing is, with his other movies, the acting is, like, cold and emotionless. Works because the writing is so good in the movies that it doesn't really matter. And it kind of feels like it's by design, you know. This one, I just thought, like, the acting was so bad. Like, he, you know, he has, like, quality act, like, tried and true actors. I guess I haven't seen any of his other Vigo movies. History of Violence is really good. I've heard that movie's great. Eastern, Eastern Promises is pretty good, I mean, too. I've seen that one. Anyway, we're talking about Crimes of the Future. Crimes of the Future. Crime, uh, History of Violence, but... I mean, the... Like, I get the premise. The premise is kind of cool. Yeah, I think it's like cla- it's, a, it's a classic. Kind of art pushed to its farthest boundary, where it's like human body stuff is like the ultimate form of artistic expression like there were the TVs that were saying like body is reality and it's like reality is kind of the purest form of artwork you know but the stuff also with like being able to digest plastic yeah is that guy one guy's ultimate goal the villain I guess of the movie I don't really know yeah like that like conceptually yeah that's like a good idea and like we should like maybe we'll have we to should get be there able to do that. at one point in the future but on the other hand, I'm like, did did David Cronenberg read about microplastics and then just totally freak out? 
Well, and then make a mediocre movie. Here's what I liked about the movie. I I feel like this movie shows more of Cronenberg as a person, and like than like his other movies. Like you get a more clear glimpse into like what he thinks about what he's afraid of. You didn't think that at all. No, I think his fears are pretty on easily on display in the rest sure. of his movies. Yeah, they are. I, I'm not saying that, but like I feel like. You're saying? Are you saying that this is what, his most personal movie? I do think it's his, one of his most personal movies. I mean, have you have you seen any of his movies that aren't like the body horror ones? Yeah, like I, what? I haven't really. Uh, shoot, like, uh, like I think I'm blanking now. I I think it may be clarified even more. I mean, like I I like I know the brood. I'm pretty sure. He made that. I think he might have been getting a divorce when that movie was written. So that's person. Like I know that that's all, there's always been like a personal element to it. But I just feel like this movie, to me personally, maybe just illuminated more on like why he dwells on body horror. I feel like Cronenberg is afraid of things that can go wrong in your body, like getting cancer, or like you know diseases, or stuff like that. Like maybe that's his ultimate fear: is what goes wrong with the body. Maybe. Um, and that's what I liked about it is it felt like the purest meditation on that fear. Yeah, I guess we didn't really explain the movies about it. It's about a performance. Well, that doesn't matter because it's not very clear itself. I'll say that. The story of the movie at certain points is very muddy and weird. Um, like the I, I two- thought it was clear, just like not interesting or executed well. Like, so you know why the technicians were killing people? Oh, those two horny bitches who yeah. like loved the bed, the the gross machine. Yeah. You knew why they were doing that? <laughs> I had no idea. No, nah, yeah, that was a little unclear, but I uh, I don't think there was any. The rest of the story does make sense. I just that's like one point where I don't understand why they. Why did they drill that guy in the head? Yeah, well, I, mean, I guess I get why you would. But like, I mean, that guy's kind of a problem. But uh, the dude who had his like let his son die in order to, yeah, who like sold soap as candy bars. Yeah, well, plastic is like candy bars, right? I mean, I guess it looked like soap. Yeah. Whatever. We're getting in the weeds of this movie. Uh, Viggo Mortensen didn't have any eyebrows, and that sucked. I didn't like looking at him. Why didn't he have eyebrows? I don't know. Um. All of the like it looks like such a cheap like a you don't think the movie looked like cheap? Well, I'm sure it like, was. Like the lighting was shitty and the costumes were like nothing. I mean, I okay, I liked some of the costumes, but like why was Viggo Mortensen dressed like a ninja? Yeah, his costuming kind of sucked, but I think what well, he's because he's probably he's like a very to, weak person. He's trying to protect his body from any. Yeah. The outside influence stuff. <sighs> I mean, maybe off mic we can get more into what what was going on exactly, but uh, well, let's give the plot of the movie so the people who just listened to us talk about it for five minutes. You just said you didn't want to give the plot of the movie. I don't care. I was about to explain. You can. I just wanted to interject. Viggo Mortensen grows organs that are brand new to the human genome with no known function. No, no known function. And his performance partner slash girlfriend, question mark? Eastern European Scarlett Johansson. Leah Seydoux. 
uses some jacked up uh, operation bed table thing to remove the organs, uh, but as a performance in front of a live audience. You know what I just realized? The bed that he lays in kind of looks like something from Naked Lunch. Like that weird butthole monster. Oh, I haven't seen Naked Lunch. Oh. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I was actually going to rewatch it before I saw this, but... You were going to rewatch Naked Lunch? You just said you haven't seen Naked Lunch. It's kind of... Sorry. You caught me. Yeah. I misspoke. I was going to watch Naked Lunch for the first time before I watched this. In preparation... I don't know. I thought it was just kind of boring and lackluster. Didn't really amount to much. I'm not saying it's one of my favorites. But I did really like it. I was pretty entranced by the breakfast chair. Yeah, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? There's a chair, uh, for the audience who hasn't seen it, there's a chair that Vigo has to sit in every morning. And, like, he very laboriously eats breakfast and it seems like he's just kind of choking the whole time but it's like yeah it seems like it doesn't work right there's like teeth and bones and stuff on this chair and it just like shakes back and yeah. forth yeah that was i thought i liked the organic technology vibe you know yeah it's confusing I'm not, okay i'm not saying okay i guess i sounded like i'm like oh this movie was way below my intelligence level earlier like, no, I definitely don't understand, like, some of the points he was trying to make, but, like, I kind of got the gist of it. I'm like, oh, cool, this is these are cool ideas, and they're just, like, not given the right context to really breathe. And the movie was, the movie could have been, like, a 90 minutes, probably. Well, it was barely over 90 minutes. It was an hour and 47 minutes. Yeah, that's, like, an extra 17. It didn't need to be there. Eh... I don't know. I thought it was fine. I thought it breezed by, honestly. This is cool. This is like me and Dave developing our Siskel Ebert uh, r- uh, rapport. Mm-hmm. Dylan's kind of the Richard Roper. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Richard Roper? Uh, he's the guy who replaced Gene Siskel after he died. Of- D- Dylan's like the Lights Camera Jackson of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Richard Roper. God damn it. <laughs> We're sticking with... He's Richard Roper. Okay. Okay. Dylan's Richard Roper. I'm Gene Siskel. And you're Roger Ebert. Okay. There's no lights, camera, Jackson. Except, well, except I like guy. Blue Velvet. I'm like, no. Ebert doesn't like Blue Velvet, and Siskel doesn't like Boogie Nights, which are two my two favorite movies. So maybe I'm Ebert and Siskel. <laughs> Dylan's Richard Roper. You're A.O. Scott. <laughs> the New York Times guy. Yeah. You're uh. Well, who's that other guy? You're Leonard Malton. <laughs> no, I don't want to be Leonard Malton. No, you can be Roger Ebert. Okay. But after his jaws are removed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anything else you wanted to touch on? Any other questions from my brother who isn't here? Mm, no, that was everything for Brian. But uh, what's your favorite Cronenberg movie? Um... Let me guess. It's Scanners. No. I like Scanners. Yeah, I do too. It's very good. Probably The Fly. That's a good one. Or Videodrome? Yeah, those are both very good. Both very good movies. Me, 
I like and butterfly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like the brood the most. Okay. I think. Yeah. I've only seen that once. I'll check it out again. I really like that one. Oliver Reed is a badass. Yeah, he's so good in that movie. He's good. That weird guy who's rolling on the ground. Um, you remember that scene? Yeah, that was me. You, the guy who's raffle coptering on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like the guy who's like uh, him and um, the dad are trying to put together like a uh, a case against Oliver Reed. Yes. Yeah. He's also in Scanners, and he's very he has a very good scene scene in Scanners where he's like the conceptual artist who does all those sculptures, mm-hmm. and like uh, he he has to he's talking to uh, Cameron and like that big sc- sculpture of his head that has like furniture that's supposed to be like his brain. Mm-hmm. God, Scanners is so good. The Brute is very good. He's a great director all around, you know. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I haven't really seen any. Crimes of the Future Honest, is probably my least favorite Cronenberg movie that I've seen. Mm, I just heard I that... might like it more than Dead Ringers. Mm. I don't know. Dead Ringers, I'm not sure how I feel about. You know, I mean, it's not my favorite, but stuff. It's uh, definitely more cohesive to me. I don't know. Dead Ringers, I never really. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. How do you, have you seen Crash? Hmm. Okay. I like those two probably about the same. Crash and Dead Ringers. Yeah. I think Crash is a more interesting movie than Dead Ringers, though. You don't think that I? I don't know. I think Dead Ringers is a very interesting movie, to be honest. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying I don't like Dead Ringers. I'm just saying I don't really know how I feel about that movie. Mm-hmm. That's also, I feel like, the birth of his like ending. That's like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. You know, like very abrupt. Yeah. That feels like the begin where it started. Hmm. Crash, yeah. I think, also had an ending like that. Perhaps. What's the ending to this episode going to be? Right now, I guess. No, but what's the... we got to do like a Cronenberg-style ending. Okay. Let me just drink some of this Pepsi. Oh, my God. David's Pepsi can is pulsating. It's throbbing. <laughs> 